Welcome, everyone, to the Rest Podcast, where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion, chaos, and dis-ease in order to heal and find significance in life. I am your host, Natalie Williams, and I am here with the author of The Reconstitution Method for Healing and Rest, Virginia Dixon. Hi, Natalie. Hi, good morning. Good morning. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. As am I. Yeah, it's a little bit different. But I wanted, I, I was taking inventory of some of the discussions we've been having since July about liberty, freedom, the ideas that shape us, and the consequence of those ideas on our life, and the testing of those ideas as well on our lives. And then we had a few testimonies, and we really got kind of deep into some specific aspects of this generation and the things that they face and not just this generation and this growing next generation, but just all of us. I think there's a measure of confusion, chaos, and dis-ease that is crippling, frankly. And I see it as I take inventory of the stories, the narratives, the experiences that I'm hearing come through the office, Mm -hmm. and also our listening audience, the emails we're getting in. Yeah. And the global reach, this is not a national issue. This is a global condition we're finding ourselves in. Yeah. And the hunger people have to understand these things. So today I thought we would do something a little bit different. I was having devotions this morning, and I'm reading this amazing book given to me by one of our board of advisors, and it's called Draw the Circle, 40-Day Prayer Challenge by Mark Batterson, and Riley's going to be putting it on our website today. But I was captivated by day 14, which is what I'm reading, and I thought it kind of coincided where I wanted to go in September, Mm -hmm. and it's like we talked about all these things for the last several months in ways that are perhaps challenging us to look at things a little bit differently. That's what I hear most. You're causing me to look at things differently, right? Yeah. Or you're inviting me to look at things differently. So I thought this was a good time to interject this concept of speaking to the mountains in our lives. Say to that mountain, move from here and it will move. That scripture, and it's it's repeated in Proverbs in other religions as well, mm-hmm. but it's always been captivating to me. And when I read it this morning, it reminded me of a time, Natalie, when I was in college and taking 20 units. It was crazy. I was living at home. But I remember I lost my glasses and I've worn glasses since I'm, you know, I don't know, 16, 17 years old. And I remember hearing a message around this concept. Why don't you ask? You don't have because you don't ask. And even when you ask, you don't get because you want to consume on yourself for your own pleasures, whatever. And I thought, you know, I need my glasses. And I haven't been able to find them in three months. They were very expensive and I supported myself even though I lived at home. Thankful to my dad for that. And I remember thinking, well... If you encompass immensity, you certainly know where my glasses are. I know I didn't throw them away, so they've got to be somewhere. And do you know that I got home at about one in the morning because we went out to discuss philosophical ideas and theology and have one of those discussions after Wednesday night gathering. And my glasses were sitting at the edge of my dresser. Wow. And it seems like no big deal. But that night, I didn't just talk to God about my glasses. 
I talked to my glasses about the immensity <laughs> of God. Yeah. And it's like, no, there's no way you're lost from me, not from God. Mm-hmm. And he knows where you are. I need you. And God, I need my glasses for legitimate reasons. And do you know that when I walked in, I'll never forget getting on my knees and saying, there is nothing in this world I desire but you. Of course, there's all the challenges we have with faith, the mm-hmm. ups and downs, the turns, the I don't know, get out of my life. If you're tolerating this, I don't want any part of you. Life's messy. Faith, I think, is a little messier than mm-hmm. even life. Yeah. And it exposes us to the deepest and darkest places in our hearts. But you guys do not know a time of prosperity in America. Mm-mm. You've not known it. And I don't think it's a horrible thing. In that, I know you're growing. There's something that God's going to build in all of you. Well, it's part of it's part of a cycle, it's right? Because of- good times make weak men. Weak men make hard times. Hard times make strong men. Strong men make good times. So right. it's it's a cycle, and that's just where we're at. We're in hard times, and but it's building the generation to be strong men and women. So that then the strong men and women can create good times and then the next generation will have the good times. They can enjoy it, but it's going to make them weak if the generation before does not do a good job of showing them the work and teaching them the work that they did to continue those good times. But it's a cycle like every, what, hundred years, if that. I don't know the true number of the cycle, but I don't think that we have a chance but to grow. Yeah. To survive, you know? Yeah. But you know what? You learn... I think, Natalie, through that little example, I learned to speak to the mountains in my life. That was a silly example. But I learned to talk to the mountains about God. And in this quantum field of energy that I reference all the time, this is an information field that we have to draw from. Mm -hmm. And what decides to draw from that information field is the mind, the heart, which have this embryonic relationship, the will, the conscience, the feelings of a person. So I frankly decided, why am I distressed over this? This is ridiculous. I've been so anxious over these darn glasses for months. Why didn't I ask God? Because really, I thought, who cares? And do I really even believe in God? Really? I mean, I do, because I've seen the alternative. But... Do I really believe him to take care of something silly like my glasses? Something so small. Yeah. But you know, it wasn't about the glasses. It was about the mountain. And God taught me through that to speak to the mountain in my life. And we have many atheists and agnostics and Muslims and people of all religions in our listening audience. And I love it because we all have the same heart. We all bleed with the same blood. Mm -hmm. We are all made out of the same thing. It's a matter of fact, we're breathing each other in and out all the time. So there is really this brotherhood of man. So we share this common human experience, right? That you and I talk about all the time. But I think I feel so compelled to talk to people and to continuously explain how to use this quantum field of energy, this information system, either for love and hate, for light or dark things, for trusting that angels are ministering spirits to protect us, or defaulting to the work of demons in our lives. Mm -hmm. We call out to God or Satan. We choose to embrace light or dark. Mm -hmm. You know, we like to be around good energy or bad energy. And whatever you choose is okay. 
But whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Right. So the consequence of the things that evolve in your life. So these simple little glasses is, why did I think I had to do all the work and I had to look and I have, and I, 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 we're so self-centered. Mm-hmm. And then we carry so much weight and so much distress over these things, when in fact, that was a simple little example of 40 years ago in my life where I thought, no, if you are God of everything, if there's this reigning energy field that manifests supposedly in love, right, Mm -hmm. and sustains everything according to his will, if he's out there and he made me, and I need glasses, then he cares about my glasses more than I do. Mm-hmm. So I decided to just speak to my glasses about, hey, he knows where you are, and you know I need you, and he knows I need you, so they're going to come. And I re- and it takes me to 9-11, Natalie. I know it's kind of crazy. It's a little bit of a whiplash. But I do think of what happened in 9-11. And I remember my brother called me at the crack of dawn because he was in the East Coast. And he said, Virginia, America's under attack. Mm-hmm. And I immediately, as you know, I'm up at 4.35 a.m., so I immediately turned on the television, which I never, ever, ever do in the mornings. And I turned on the news, and I remember it was like time stood still. Mm-hmm. And I found it interesting, Natalie, on that day, that as I was listening to the commentaries and everything that came in and the phone calls, it immediately began to come in, and all our kids congregated immediately at our house in their pajamas, as they were, they came over. But I, I was struck by the reality that everyone said, pray, pray, pray. And I remember some of the people that were calling everyone to pray are professed, proud atheists, yeah. which I think there's nothing wrong with that. But I think how interesting. There's really no atheists in foxholes. Yeah. Because here we are facing a catastrophe like our generation has never seen and hopefully will never see again. But we were the most united Mm -hmm. during that time. And we were united in what? In hope Mm -hmm. that there would be redemption in this. Yeah. And that there was something bigger than us that had the strength and the power and the capacity Mm -hmm. to reveal what's behind the mystery of this evil. Yeah. Because when there's evil... There's a natural propensity to know that there's something good. Mm -hmm. So don't speak to the mountains in your life that are evil, that take you down, that keep you buried alive. Begin to speak to the mountains about the same thing that drove all of us to pray on 9-11. There's order in the universe somewhere. My anatomy bears witness of the order that exists. Yeah. And I'm not the fruit of random anything. I know that intuitively, just giving birth to seeing the anatomy of how a human is made in a human bears witness of that. Mm -hmm. So again, I go back and and I just want to leave everyone with this. Speak to the mountains about God, just like you prayed after Mm 9-11. Yeah. And let's be united in that. Let's be united in that. That is the backbone of rest. At rest, we speak to the mountains in our life about this quantum field of energy that we have the capacity and the power and the authority to use at our disposal. Mm -hmm. When we don't use the energy available to us in this quantum field of energy well, we're going to be in a state of confusion, chaos, and dis-ease. Life will not go well. And generally, when we take that path, it violates our conscience. And that violation of conscience usually causes us to dig deeper, and 
just go full force the wrong direction or it says this doesn't feel good yeah i don't want to do this it's demeaning my character it's desecrating everything i value my family my marriage or you know what wait a minute i don't have to live like this what am i doing i have the power i have the authority i have the control mm-hmm. And oftentimes, Natalie, we're limited in our resources, like I was about those silly glasses, like we are watching a 9-11 attack, Mm -hmm. like we are when our husbands cheat on us or our children are on drugs. But today's episode is about inspiring everyone. No, no, no. Hold on a second. Talk to that mountain about God, about this field of energy, this quantum thing that exists, Mm -hmm. that either we see clearly either sustains our life or diminishes our life that's how you can tell if something's productive or not is it expanding your life if you're numbing your pain and the things you have to face whether it's an affair whether it's a pornography addiction whether it is you betrayed your husband and nobody knows Mm -hmm. whether it is you have a propensity to lie you have a propensity to overspend you're a heroin addict and nobody knows it and you're a doctor you're sexually abusing your children and nobody's aware of it. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's violating your conscience, then you know what? You don't have to die and perish and disintegrate in that state. You can start speaking to those mountains in your very soul and in your very life sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes there's sense of commission and sometimes sense of omission. And sometimes we're just victim to circumstances that we have no idea what's happening. Mm-hmm. So whatever that is, speak to that about God and about the power and the authority that you have as a human being to govern, direct, regulate, control, restrain things in your life. I call the source of all that God. Mm -hmm. But I don't care what you call it right now. Just know that you're not a victim to your circumstances. And Natalie, I think about when I met you and you came in exhausted Talking to God about the mountains in your life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah, quite a bit. And I want you to talk to our listening audience about that because I always say you're the voice of a generation and your generation has a lot to say. Mm -hmm. And you know, my passion and one of the things I'm I'm most compelled, I should say, not my passion, but I'm most compelled to wake up the sensitivities of your generation that you can look at this whole thing differently and the trajectory of your entire life can change. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when I first came to see you, obviously we've talked about this before where I was going through a divorce. I had already filed. And at this point I had been getting advice from people that I had, I really, really trusted. And, and I still do. They're amazing people, but they admitted that, you know, what I was going through was not their area of expertise. They could only, you know, coach me so far in what I was going through. And so they actually suggested that I come and see you. And the first day that my ex and I showed up after sitting down with you and we just had a basic conversation, really basic and talked about a little bit about how we love and about soul hungers and things like that. We didn't even go very deep into it, but I remember walking away from that two hour appointment and it was even late. It was like five 30 and we walked away at seven 30 at night. Yeah. I walked away with so much hope in the midst of tears in the, Oh yeah. In the, Oh my gosh, I was a mess the whole time pretty much, but we even laughed still. Like it was, it was so interesting just sitting down and it was just this massive sense of relief that it wasn't all on my shoulders and it wasn't that it was on your shoulders either. It's at that. 
I could actually surrender and trust God with what was going on. And by the way, I would add, and it wasn't that it was either on all on your husband's shoulders. Right. Because it wasn't putting the weight of the mountain on anybody. Yeah. It was about looking inward. Yeah, exactly. And so there was, I knew that I had a lot of work that I personally needed to be done because for any story, it doesn't matter what circumstances, always two sides to every story. And I knew that I needed to look inward and look at myself and the things that I was doing and even just learn about myself, why I was reacting the way I was reacting to certain things. And, and I'm not talking about marriage either. I'm just talking about in life too. You know, I knew that I had as well a propensity to numb. I never let myself become an alcoholic or a smoker or anything like that because I already knew that I had that propensity and I had that draw to it. So I was very good about staying away from that, but I didn't stay away from it in regards to relationships that I'd had. So every relationship from when I started dating at like 14 all the way through to marriage and even now, all of my relationships have been long-term and the shortest one was only like 11 months, right? What drew you and kept you in unhealthy relationships? It was my soul hunger. My soul hunger is for love and relationships. And on, you know, the spiritual spectrum of that soul hunger, it's, it's a love for God and it's a, it's, it's a, a desire for God, desire yeah. for God. Yeah. And a relationship with God, like a deep one. And on the flesh side of that is adultery and fornication. And what Natalie's referring to is the work of our flesh, our central nervous yes. system, wanting to satisfy the craving and the need that mm-hmm. feels like I'm going to die if I don't get this. Mm-hmm. And as opposed to the deepest hunger of the soul mm-hmm. and the deepest hunger of the soul is for intimacy. Yeah. But when the soul hungers for something like that, you're either going to satisfy it through the fruit of the flesh, which is she was referenced adultery and fornication or the work of the spirit, that quantum field of energy that I often refer to of. And I identify a person to it, a, a loving creator, God, mm-hmm. but the spiritual hunger for that, the spiritual satisfaction, Satisfaction for that and fulfillment is intimacy with God. Right. Yeah. And so at this point, and going through the marriage, I had been diving into God and been talking to Him, spending time with Him. The most time that I think I've ever really spent because I. I knew that if I didn't do that based on past experiences, if I didn't dive into him, I would be angry with him and that would push me further away and it definitely wouldn't help me. And that, that came from previous circumstances that I'd gone through. Yeah. And we know that when there's a disbelief in a mate, in a partner, in God, in a child, our hearts become hardened. Yeah. That is a law of nature. Wherever there's disbelief in something, a loss of faith, mm-hmm. the consequence is a hardened heart. Yeah. And we know this because when perhaps one of the most controversial people that ever lived, certainly the most prolific person who ever lived, is a person of the historic Christ. Mm-hmm. And after his crucifixion, we know that there was an incident, right? where he supposedly rose from the dead, mm-hmm. historically documented, and he appeared to a prostitute, mm-hmm. Mary Magdalene, who was one of his, his followers. followers. He was so intimately acquainted with her and she with him. But he appeared to one of the most broken, vile people looked upon and frowned upon in that time. Mm-hmm. He appeared to her first. Then he appeared to the two walking on the road, Mm -hmm. distraught. And then he appeared to the 12th. Mm -hmm. But all of those tried to tell others that he wasn't dead. He rose from the dead. But when he appeared to them, 
It is documented Mm -hmm. that he rebuked, he challenged, he pointed out, he disciplined their unbelief Mm -hmm. that led to a hardened heart. Mm -hmm. And then he commissioned them, go Mm -hmm. and tell all the world. And I love the tenderness and the sensitivity of that. So often with a rebuke, right, Mm -hmm. comes a lesson an instruction and in pain. Yeah. And in the pain and in the rebuke of many things that you left unnoticed. I want to talk about those in a second, but there was a measure of unbelief, both in your mate, both in God, both in all the circumstances, all of a sudden God gets the blame for everything. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And so do our partners sometimes. And that's Mm -hmm. not equitable. That's not fair. That's not just. Yeah. So there's this unbelief of God, unbelief of the partner. Then, of course, you don't even trust yourself anymore. Yeah. But slowly our hearts get hardened. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make us disposable now. Yeah. That doesn't make us irrelevant. Mm-hmm. On the contrary, after pointing those things out, they are commissioned to go and tell the world of the good news. But when we find principles like this, that with disbelief comes a hardened heart and then comes the call. Mm-hmm. Okay, now go. It's exactly what you stepped into because that's exactly what you did. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when I came you to accepted you, my rebuke, by the way, I did. And the rebuke wasn't to shame you. Mm-hmm. It was to say, wow, observe what's happening in you and how your heart is hardening through this. Yeah. But Natalie, look at the future you have and, and, and your husband too, which I love, Mm -hmm. everybody knows, but him too. Mm -hmm. So talk about that for a second. Yeah. Well, and, and looking at myself one, it was going to be, I, it was terrifying because I knew that there were things that I was going to need to address within myself. And already there comes a, a a major sense, like, you know, that you're going to have to be vulnerable and you're going to have to admit to a few things to yourself that you've been doing for forever that and you they're not really pretty. wanted. They're not they're pretty. pretty. No, they're not pretty. And and they're things that you really want to ignore, but you shouldn't, especially if you want to grow. And that was something that, you know, I had been told by the people who had been mentoring me for a while too, is that, you know, you don't grow until you reach the end of your comfort zone. And I knew that that's exactly what this was calling me to do. And so, you know, learning about how I love and again, how you love and the love styles is not a personality defect or a character defect. It's literally just the way that you learned how to love growing up in the home that you grew up, in the circumstances, in the environment, etc. So I, I am a recovering vacillator. I'll say that. Um, that was my love style, but it played a huge role just in my life and in my relationships with my parents, but also in my marriage and my you know relationships with my friends, even at work, things like that. It was transformational. Absolutely. And what I loved about both you and your partner was that the it's what always happens with rest. The work didn't happen with just you individually and you together. It impacted your entire sphere because your mom, your dad, and you've brought friends and relatives. This is oh, yeah. the impact of the consequence of the work that you did had effects in your entire sphere of influence. And it, and it continues to have effects to this day because now that I've gone through the process myself, not only am I able to you know talk on this podcast, mm-hmm. but I'm also able to help those around me who maybe have not actually gone through the process of rest. I can still give them bits and pieces from my own experience and encourage them and give them hope. And I've heard that a lot too when I'm actually talking to somebody and I'm being real with them. And it's not, it's not like I'm, what do you call it? 
blowing smoke. I'm giving them truth. And sometimes it can be brutal, but at the same time, it's given with love. It's such a good point. And you know what? We do that at work. Look last week. Yeah. We have a very, we, we are growing at a very fast rate. (laughs) Yeah. Look what happened last week Yeah, and the week before and the month before and the month before that things are changing at the speed of light here at rest. And it's requiring difficult things of all of us. Mm -hmm. And you applied the principles that you learned as do I Mm -hmm. in how we deal with each other. Yeah. And I think that's instrumental. I think the things we're talking about are lifestyles. Yeah. I think with rest, we talk about changing an entire lifestyle and we go about helping people change the entire trajectory of their life by impacting the way they think, the way they reason, the significance they find in things and finding significance in reasoning in ways that are congruent with our deepest convictions. And the person next to you has the same convictions. Your husband had the same convictions. Your mom has the same convictions. We're always not able to act out on our deepest convictions. Yeah. And... The but biggest, we can help each other and learn to love each other in that, yeah. in spite of the fact we don't agree. Yeah. Well, it definitely helps increase empathy. I'll say that for sure. And and sympathy, even, you know, being able to actually step into somebody else's shoes and, and really understand what they're actually dealing with under the surface versus the circumstance. But that comes to the point where we started. Mm-hmm. It's about speaking to the mountains about God. Yeah. And that involves understanding this quantum field of energy, this information, Mm -hmm. how I can negotiate it through my soul and the consequence it has on my very body. Because all of a sudden, it takes the focus from the behavior of another person, Mm -hmm. attacks on myself, Mm -hmm. judgments on the state of affairs, Mm -hmm. critiques we have about circumstances, issues, events, and things, and we grandstand to hide our own limitations often causing more division it's not productive yeah so begin to see the power and the authority i think that you have and that isn't going to happen until you step into a place of rest relationally emotional and spiritual truth about the conflicts you have within yourself yeah so when you do that you can begin to speak to those mountains in your life Mm -hmm. about the access we have to light to goodness, to freedom, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. The access we have to change the trajectory of the things we're experiencing. And that's honestly... Was that the, too confusing? Too? Not at all. And, and honestly, that's the biggest gift that you can possibly give yourself because that frees you. It frees you because you realize that you have power over absolutely everything that happens in your life, including your own thoughts, your habits, everything. And I, the biggest thing that helped me was the anatomy of descent, which I know that Catherine Vance talked about it a few episodes ago. 100% of the people bring that up as being one of the most instrumental components of our rest matrix. Yeah. Talk about it a little bit. That and, and language as well. But yes, the 
anatomy of dissent, you know, it all starts with a lie. Like if you find yourself blaming other people or even accepting blame for maybe something that you did not do, you know that there is a lie. And that's where it all starts is you are either uh, told a lie or you have told yourself a lie and you're believing it. Right. And that leads to confusion. You're going, why in the world? What like what's happening? What's happening right now? And you can feel it in your body. Even you feel like you're. Everything tightens up. Everything tightens up. Or you can't breathe. Right. And then you move to violating your conscience based on that belief in that lie. The I want, the I need, I deserve. Exactly. Those are those are the lies. And then you move to cover, hiding and blaming. And this applies in every single circumstance that I have gone through ever since I learned this. So you can apply it to any aspect in your life, but it helps so much because when you realize that you're in this place of confusion or in this place of blame, you go, okay, wait a minute, where is the lie? And you find it and you're like, okay, that's the lie. This is the truth. And it changes everything, changes your perspective, changes the circumstance, and you know what to correct too. And it takes the focus off other people's limitations, other people's depravity, other people's brokenness. And it brings it in to understand what's going on in what I often call this information field Mm -hmm. vying for our affections. And I always talk about it in the context of right and wrong, just or unjust, lawful or unlawful, light or dark, good or bad. If we have a propensity to lie, we know something we're considering doing or something that's tempting us is not productive. It's not going to bring light to our life. It's going to perpetuate darkness. So we don't make that decision. Or we do make that decision and then bear the consequence. Yeah. Either way, wherever people find themselves, I want to encourage them today. If you can stop, stop looking at people, circumstances, things, and begin to speak to those mountains Mm -hmm. in your life, like objects. Yeah. And begin to talk to them about rest, your desire to step into relational, emotional, and spiritual truth to reconcile the conflicts you have within yourself that often tweaks your perception of that mountain. Mm-hmm. You start speaking to it about laws of nature, things that are self-evident, speak to our natural affections. You speak to that and for a moment, Perhaps ponder the possibility that there is a creator, a designer that put everything in order and something went array. Mm-hmm. And this mountain is part of that confusion and chaos and disease. And you won't have it. Yeah. Speak to it with authority and conviction and you will be shocked mm-hmm. at the transformation that will happen in your worldview. And and just in yourself, too. And that's my challenge to your generation. Uh, And Natalie, you know, I had almost 100 people between the age of 22 to 34 years old come and see me within less than a year. It was all within the same time that I was there. That's right. Yeah. And I knew that God was trying to tell me something. Mm -hmm. And when I listened very carefully to what you all said, there was a thread. And the thread was, I don't want to live like this anymore yeah i don't want the confusion i don't want the chaos i don't want it the disease i see it in my generation i see it in social media i see it in my family i see it in my relationships i see it in my addictions yeah i see it in my health Mm -hmm. i see it in the fact that i feel like i'm dying yeah and i'm not even 
35 years old yet. I heard this from every single person in different ways. And the second thing I heard loud and clear within a few days is, wow, this is amazing. Can you help my family? Yeah. Do you remember that? I do. It was like a tsunami Mm -hmm. that descended upon me. And instead of seeing the tsunami, I spoke to the tsunami and found God in it. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. And the tsunami became a gift. It did. It became refreshing. It cleaned everything out. It brought in new life into Mm -hmm. us and into our organization for sure. And it brought you with it. It did. Because you know I'm not doing these podcasts for my health. No. Because I need... (laughs) Because I needed another thing to do. I, I just, it's a matter of fact, you're one of the people that really pushed me mm-hmm. to put this information out there. And I want to thank you. Yeah. I'm glad you did. Well, and thank you because there's people all over the world now that, I mean, we get emails from and, and messages from on Instagram about mm-hmm. how this is impacting their life. And it's something that I know that my generation and the generation coming after us desperately need this information because, yeah, our generation. We definitely, one, have a microwave mentality, for one. But then, two, I feel like a majority of my generation feels very victimized, and they don't know where their power is. It's like they feel like they, they lost it, which you can't lose your power. You give it away, right? Nobody takes it from you. Yeah. Exactly. You give it away. And with social media, it's so easy to do that with. And when it's we just, discuss methods in which we give it away, we don't have to speak disparagingly about another person. Correct. Yeah, and somehow, by the grace of God, we've found a skillful way to bring that to people's attention, yeah. and it's transformative. It is. Yeah. Well, we want a rest movement all over this country and all over the world, and I thought that was crazy years ago. I was happy with Orange County, California. I was happy with the sphere of influence, but as Providence would have it, it's looking like... We have an opportunity to do something great. So everyone that's listening, that is why we tirelessly invite you into this community of rest. We have online modules and information for you to access. And it's just an honor to make this available to you. Natalie, you're so good about telling everybody about it, but we have a method, a streamline. What do you call it? A funnel. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, a method to the madness. Yes, <laughs> for people to get introduced to these principles and even people who are at a distance. We worked really hard to get everything to be online and accessible and affordable. You can do it from your own home and you can have access anytime, anywhere and for life. And in this month, we've had multiple doctors now that mm-hmm. are seeing the value of this. And in and bringing this into their practice, it's a matter of fact, we are off to Peru. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to be off to Peru Next. at the end of September. That's right. For yeah. 10 days. Mm-hmm. We'll have a lot to say about that. But yeah. the message of rest is spreading and is spreading globally. And we just thank you. I want to thank our listening audience because it's because you're largely responsible for what's happening. The people you're sharing the information with, the consequence of those little clicks and those little (laughs) shares. Yeah. You have a part in what's happening. And I just want to thank everyone. Yeah. 
I do want to say one more thing. Mm -hmm. We have some guests coming this month that are really interesting. The reconciliation of these conflicts, of these things, of trauma, of these ideas, and how they manifest in our lives, sometimes manifest in eating disorders, and they manifest in addictions of various types. But at the end of the day, there's a form of trauma that's stuck in the body, and the soul of a person doesn't know quite what's happening and how to reconcile it. And that's what we're about. So you're going to be hearing from an artist. You're going to be hearing from an expert on eating disorders this month. And we have a few other speakers that I'm, I'm really excited for you to hear from because it's kind of the application, I think, of what you and I are talking about. Yeah, it's going to be a really good month. These people all learn to speak to the mountains mm-hmm. in their lives about God. Yes. Yes, I did. Thanks, Natalie. Thank you, Virginia. So Virginia mentioned briefly about our 40 days of rest. So module one is available on demand through our website to support you in your pilgrimage. If you use the promo code podcast to receive a 10% discount for our foundational on demand day of rest, you will receive a discount for the module one curriculum as well. For updates about rest and this podcast, please visit our Instagram or Facebook, The Place of Rest. If you'd like more information about Virginia or to support and join the cause of rest, please go to virginiadixon.com forward slash collaborate or call 949-289-5935. Thank you for listening to Rest with Virginia Dixon. We'll see you next Friday. Mm -hmm.